Ursula Le Guin observed that the creative adult is the child who survived, whilst Einstein said that creativity is intelligence having fun. On this episode of the History of Advertising podcast, we are looking at creativity, namely how agencies can go about managing it in order to deliver the best results. Creativity is outthinking other people and outthinking situations. How does outthinking shape culture? Well, of course, you're always outthinking. Julius Caesar, if you know anything about any of the really creative people, got where he got by outthinking other people. That was creative. Socrates, the Greeks, the change points in culture were really creative. In 1980, Dave Trott set up his own agency with Mike Gold and Mike Greenlees called GGT. It was voted Campaign's Agency of the Year in its first year of business and went on to be named Most Creative Agency in the World by Ad Age magazine in New York. It made more financial sense for Dave to build his creative team with junior copywriters and artists. His hiring criteria consisted of looking for a very specific type of junior talent. What I particularly wanted was people who had been in the business a couple of years and done nothing. They'd come out of art school, they thought this was a great gig, they'd got drunk, they'd partied, and after two years they'd got nothing in their portfolio and now they're desperate. Now they're realising that Christ... They're two years with the youngsters coming out who are younger than me and they're doing the work and I've done nothing. And now these people are desperate and they're desperate to work nights, desperate to work weekends, desperate to do anything. Any brief I give them is a chance to... Well, it's a lifesaver. And that's the guys I was looking for. Guys who are just desperate to work. This isn't... You're not working for me, you're working for you. And... A brief isn't work, a brief is an opportunity. And if you take enough opportunities, you'll be able to overcome the fact that you've pissed away two years. If you see yourself as the underdog and you've got to try two or three times as hard as everybody else, we can actually do this. And that's kind of was the whole, became the whole ethos of the agency. It it wasn't particularly kids, it was just underdogs. We asked Dave what he felt a creative director's role should be. You don't actually have to be good yourself, you have to make other people be good. The most important thing is it's not who does it, it's who spots it. And that's really the creative director's job. It's like um, putting a football team together. I found the best line about being a creative director I ever heard was from Kenny Dalglish, the uh, Liverpool footballer. And um, he he was one of the best footballers we've ever had and he was coming to the end of his Liverpool time and the only reason they would keep him there is if he, they taught him to be a manager. So the last year or so there, he would, they were teaching him to be a manager, overseen by Bob Paisley, but, he was man, but Kenny Dalglish was managing the team and playing each week. And I heard him on Match of the Day, and they said, um, how's it going, learning how to be a manager, Kenny? And he said, uh, he said, it's difficult. He said, but I know I've got the team right when I can't get on it. And I thought, that's great for a creative director. You don't just hire the best copywriter or art director, make them creative director. I've got to get, I've got to put a team together that's better than me. I know I've, I know I know I've got the creative department right when it's doing ads I couldn't do. So that's the perspective of a creative director. But how do you go about managing creativity when you're an account man? So Frank Lowe has played an integral role in some of the best of British advertising, working with brands including Hovis, Heineken, Benson & Hedges, Stella Artois, Reebok, Fiat, and Vauxhall. He remains the only account man to have ever received the President's Award from D&AD. He believes that the best advertising comes about when the ad men spend as much time with the creative team as possible. 
I remember the first time I was called in for my Christmas end-of-year interview, which I think they do, assessment, whatever, and Martin Bowes, who was my boss, said to me, Frank, we all think you're doing quite well, but we think you're spending far too much time with the creative department. And I said, but isn't that a good thing, Martin? He said, well, not as much as you do. But they were the only interesting people, truthfully. You know, you would... And, and one habit which we did have then, we spent every evening, all of us, in the pub, talking about advertising. It was a fascinating thing. Is I'm sure the way that the great musicians of that time spent the time having, talking and having a drink and fashion, it, it became... You, it wasn't a job you did. It was a thing you just loved and talked and talked. And if another agency did a good ad, he'd... Frank also believes many account men make a dreadful mistake by giving the client brief to too many people in the creative department. We only used to get one creative team to write a campaign. We didn't give it to five creative teams because that's a terrible thing to do. Because if you give it to five creative teams, four of them know their ad will not run. So there's a 20% chance of it running. And then after that, the client may turn it down anyway, or research may turn it down. So the chance of your ad hitting, and the result of that is they don't really try. Whereas you know, you, we're relying on you to come up with something. And they go, oh my God. To better understand the role an account man can play in the creative journey, we're going to take a behind-the-scenes look at a children's savings account ad Frank worked on for National Provincial. Frank talks about the creation of the ad and how it highlights the importance an ad man can play in protecting and delivering on creative ideas. I realised that an account man can make a tremendous contribution to the creative department as long as they don't fiddle with the ads. So the first experience of that was an ad done by John Webster for National Provincial Bank. And it was, it, contained, it was for their children's savings account. And it was beautifully done, 60-second commercial, except it was 79. They came in and said, Frank, it's 79. So the client, who was a very nice man, said, just cut the script. I said, you want me to cut the script? Cut 20 seconds out of the script, of Sarah's script, that she spent three months learning. You wanted to relearn it now. I said, that's not possible. So I went to the media director. We used to have media departments in those days. I said, listen, can we call up Pearl and Dean and Rank and see if it'll take a 79-second commercial? And he did and they did. And it was the first time I realised an account man can be important, otherwise the ad wouldn't have run. The stars of the commercial are a four-year-old girl named Sarah and her piggy bank named Horace. The recording you're about to hear comes from a live screening of the ad at the DNAD in 1994. I cannot understand why otherwise sensible and mature people don't take a more responsible attitude towards their financial affairs. Personally, I always let national Provincial, he's awfully nice, really, and he pays it all into your account. 
account and your money grows, the interest rates are quite considerable. And more or less, that's how I got where I am today. And to think, two years ago, I had nothing. A repeated issue that comes up in Atlanta Day is the question of awards and whether creatives are placing too much emphasis on winning them. Dave Trott discusses how he and his late former mentor, John Webster, never did the work for the trophy at the end of it. So awards, um, I've got no problem with the awards themselves. Everybody misquotes the Bible. There's a line in the Bible everybody quotes as, money is the root of all evil. That's not the quote. The quote actually is, love of money is the root of all evil. Now my problem isn't awards, my problem is love of awards. My problem is people who make awards the goal. The awards are not a problem as a byproduct. John Webster says, very nice if you want to give me an award, but that's not what I'm doing it for. Very nice, very pleasant. And we all like that. But what, I'm, what John Webster was doing it for was to hear the people on the bus repeating his strap line, or the kids in the street, or someone yelling it across the road, or a cab driver, or having it get on the front page of the sun, or having the comedians on TV use it in their act. That's, that's when you know you've actually made a dent and got into the language and doing what you do. Getting an award from people in your trade, it's like a plumber getting a plumbing award. Is that what you do it for? Dave's antipathy towards juries stems from the time he spent judging awards. Sometimes I'd sit on juries, awards juries, and I look at the people on either side of me and I think, do I care what they think? Nope. Do I care what they think? Nope. So remind me, why am I worried about whether this wins an award or not? And I'm now going to spend the day of my life discussing it with people whose opinions I don't care about. This little thing of being at school still so your teacher can put a gold sticker on your work. Did you do something great or was it not great unless the teacher put a gold sticker on it? And look, my ads must have been good because they won an award. Fuck off, I don't need someone to tell me if they're any good. I'll decide if they're any good, thanks. In fact, Dave believes that true, forward-thinking creativity lies in pursuing the sort of work which doesn't have awards yet. When I was a little mod, years back, the whole point was to be doing something that the squares weren't doing yet and wouldn't recognise. And of course you don't like it. You're not here yet. Six months' time, you'll be here and I'll be on to something else. I'll always be six months ahead of you. That's the point. So you won't like what I'm wearing because you're six months behind. That's, that's where people who live by awards are. They're six months behind. Just got to remember, Van Gogh died in poverty and now Van Gogh's paintings are the most expensive on the planet. That's a mark of what other people's opinions are worth. So, if you're going to follow the advice set out in this episode, then the best way to manage creativity is to hire desperate people who are more talented than you are, go to the pub with them as much as possible, protect their creative vision in conversations with the client, and, for goodness sake, make sure they're motivated by something else other than awards. This Industry Inside episode of the History of Advertising podcast was presented by Jack Meggett Phillips and featured contributions from Dave Trott and Sir Frank Lowe. The programme was produced by Jane Jarvis and Jack Meggett Phillips. To find out more about the adverts featured on this programme, please go to hatads.org.uk.